This is Radio Influence. Welcome to another episode of the Real Animals Podcast, always presented by our good friends at Contender Boats. And a special day here today, getting to spend a little time with uh, an old friend of mine. We've been uh, we've been buddies in the industry for a very, very long time. Joining me is the head of marketing for Gills Apparel. Uh, again, he's a he's a tournament angler as well, chasing redfish all over the country. He is Tiger Hoffman. T. Hoff, how are you, my friend? I'm good, buddy. How are you? You know what? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've been looking forward to uh, to getting to sit down with you and chat a little bit. Um, it's interesting to me, you know, when I first met you, you know, you were in the banking business and uh, this evolution of Tiger Hoffman from Tiger Hoffman, the banker to Tiger Hoffman Outdoors. How does this whole thing get started, T? I mean, what, and I'm not talking about just the business side. We'll kind of get into the business and how that evolved. But how does Tiger Hoffman, I mean, you're an avid duck hunter, avid deer hunter, obviously an avid angler, fishing the tournament trails and all that stuff. How does that start for Tiger? Did you, did you fish with your dad and your brothers when you were kids? I mean, where, did, where does it all start for you? So it started, yes, fishing with my brothers and my dad. You know, me and my brothers would go down to the local pond down the road and fish all daggone day. Then, you know, dad on the weekends when he had off in Delaware, we would actually take his forerunner, go over to dunes, and we would surf fish. So it truly started there. And then, you know, when we when I finally moved down to Florida, that's where my true passion really for fishing kicked in. Um, you know, fishing, learning the bay and everything. And believe it or not, you know, going to you and Billy's old seminars that you guys would put on, especially down there in uh, – at now little harbor um really really helped out and then next thing you know it evolved to where dad and i were talking to you and billy and we started south shore anglers and i got more involved and more involved and you know a good friend of mine invited me to fish a local redfish tournament and truly fishing that one tournament literally just caught my hair on fire and i was like well this is what i want to do i loved it i hold love the whole competition of it you know, being able to meet other great anglers where everyone's truly trying to help each other in a competitive way where they're not going to give away spots, but it was that camaraderie where you truly felt part of the team, even though everyone's competing against each other. And I loved it, fell in love with it. And I said, well, this is what my new hobby is going to be for a long time. <laughs> I hear you. How many years did you have South Shore Anglers up and running? I know it was a long time. It is now uh september will be 14 years wow that's crazy emily emily was two years old and as of today my daughter is now 16 years old so it'll be 14 years like in i want to say two weeks wow that's crazy and i just wrapped up season 15 of the tv show so we must have met you that right around the you know first year sometime yeah it was right after the first year you know we, Dad and I started in September. Um, I remember having a conversation with you and Billy when you guys actually like put the idea in our head. was like closer to the springtime, and Dad and I just built it up. And, you know, when we had our first meeting, we did the big banquet there down at uh, Little Harbor in the banquet hall, and it just blew up from there. 
and it's been going strong. The only problem is the past year and a half, you know, we quite haven't been able to meet because we're still extremely, because of our, our membership and the fact that, that we're all very close when we do these fishing seminars. And, you know, between my dad and myself, we're just not 100% comfortable yet doing the whole group meeting thing. But that's going to slowly start progressing where after, after the first of the year, we're going to go back full tilt into it. Gotcha. Where are you going to have the meetings at? Uh, probably Mahoney's still. Back at Mahoney's. We're going to do it at Mahoney's. Perfect. Yep. Perfect, perfect. So the tournament thing kind of cranks up for you. You've been doing the tournament thing for a couple of years now. Where, you know, where are some of the venues that, you know, when you see, you know, that location on your schedule that really fires you up? In all honesty, Stanahatchee is one of them. Okay. And then, um, you know, Delacroix, Louisiana is the other one. The, those two areas alone, um, are those are the ones that I get really, really, really excited about because the fishing there, one, is phenomenal, but at the same time, it's not all in one spot where you need to be constantly moving. You know, you put the trolling motor on, and you hit the track button for me, and literally you're going in the line fishing a whole bank or a whole rock ledge, and it's going to be fish after fish after fish. And it's just picking those right ones and getting those right ones on that I truly love. And the crazy part is is you'll move 100 yards in the same bait that you were throwing 100 yards ago isn't going to work in the next 100 yards. Hmm. And that's what truly helped me. And it allows me to be more competitive trying to figure all that out. Going and pre-fishing and getting it all done and dialed in is what I truly, truly love. But those two locations are are my favorite to fish. I get it. I get it. I kind of thought there'd be some Charleston in you. You know, I do love fishing Charleston, but, you know, last time I fished in Charleston, you know, they had they had the crazy 50-year low tide where we were running in canals that at medium tide it was like 12 feet, and then as we're running back, there's no water. Right. It was zero. That's Charleston. <laughs> so it is so yeah, you got to love Charleston. Between Charleston and Georgetown, they're still my favorite spots to fish. But, you know, growing up fishing those, you know, growing up in the South, in South Carolina, uh, it it is to those where you don't get the same quality of redfish that you do in either, you know, Delacroix, Homa, or even in Stanahatchee where, you know, you catch a 25 catch a 25-inch redfish, that 25-inch redfish could still be, you know, between six and eight pounds. Right. Where you catch a 20, you catch a 25 there in Charleston, you're maybe around three pounds at the most. So it's just the quality of fish that I've really found in those two areas are what truly excite me the most. So so if you if you had to describe Tiger Hoffman as a tournament angler, your fishing style... What would you tell people? What's your favorite? Are you a power fisherman? You a finesse fisherman? You know, you like just to roll gold spoons. You like to just throw plastics, just top waters. What kind of defines your style? I'm a I'm a power fisherman where I'm always on the move. Um, I'm always on the move until you know you'll see a group sitting there going through, depending on what your water is. But you see a school power pole down. But I always, always throw a soft plastic. I love soft plastics. You know, my favorite is the uh, Z-Man diesel minnows in several different colors. 
and I've always my confidence levels with with those is because I've caught most of my fish with that bait. Sure. Especially when I first got into fishing, you know, daggone well, <clears throat> the number one priority when it comes to throwing artificial is your confidence in it, and that's what I built most of my confidence on tournament fishing wise is on the Z-Man soft plastic. So that is truly my style. You know, I love throwing, you know, the bull bay. The first one was, you know, the, um, the stealth sniper. I love, I love that seven, six stealth snipers light. I can really whip it out there, get it out there far. I always throw like a quarter ounce jig head, um, depending on where I'm at, either, you know, the quarter ounce weedless jig head, just a plain, the red fish eye jig head, Parts of even Stan Hatchie, I love throwing the chatterbait. Love throwing the chatterbait with a nice five-inch uh, diesel minnow on the back of it. That is the bread and butter in certain locations, especially in Louisiana. Gotcha. Just, you just figure it out. But those those are my favorite, and that's how I would describe mine. Is truly just keep it moving. So keep it moving until you pull power pole down, pluck a couple out because you know daggone well fish of same size travel together. And then if you can't find that specific one, keep moving. Now, what, what if you had to fish with one color, soft plastic, what would be your go-to color? Honestly, pearl white. I like white, too. Pearl white. I mean, there's different things that you can do it because, you know, now they have those uh, scented dyes that you, like, I love. There's a um, sartreuse scented dye that smells like pure garlic, but I love in certain areas, I'll just sit there and dip the tail in that, in that dye let it dry for five seconds, and next thing you know, you're throwing it out there, and it's literally that little bit of difference will sit there and cause a, a whole different bite reaction where I could be throwing that, that same pearl white for an hour, not even get a bite, throw it in front of a redfish that's tailing, not move, sit there and literally dip that tail in that dye so it gives that little bit more chartreuse color, throw it right back in front of the same fish, and next thing you know, it's game on. Yeah, certain times of year, I find that the, the scented baits are definitely a key. Uh, certain times of the year, I find that they're they're a pain in the keister as well. But certain times of the year, you just can't go, you can't go wrong with uh, with a great scented bait. Let's let's talk about uh, your adventures here with Gills. Uh, Gills is obviously a longtime apparel company. They've been around a while. You've been associated with them for a while. But the evolution of Tiger from being not only a banker but my banker to now the head of marketing for gills apparel how does how does this whole thing take place well you know when kent kent and his wife started that or his ex-wife started that company 13 years ago i want to say maybe one or two months after kent truly had it rolled out um i saw the shirt at uh believe it or not the tampa uh, outdoor expo and when i saw it and he described you know the sbf 50 the fact that, you know, it had the built-in mask where it would truly cover up your nose, your ears, your neck. And then when he showed me the ventilation portion of it, even on the mask, where before when I used to wear a buff, my sunglasses would get fogged up immediately. Sure. And he said, here, take a couple of these because, you know, I described to him some of my some of my health issues require medication. They're extremely sun sensitive. So first one, you know, I'm a diabetic, type 1 diabetic been one for since I was 15 years old um, and my insulin is extremely sun sensitive where before you know in all honesty before I got the gill shirt I could only fish maybe between four and five hours a trip during the day because <clears throat> once that fifth hour hits in 
I'm just wore out between my blood sugar dropping like crazy, me having to go get some orange juice real quick from from the cooler to just physically wore out. And the very first time I wore the Gill shirt, I literally was able to fish from sun up about one o'clock hit. I remember my brother Jay Z saying, Hey, you know, we're ready to go. I said, Dude, no, I'm actually good. And we fished from sun up to sundown. And that's what truly had my whole buy-in with gills. And ever since then, you know, I've treated it like it's my baby because I wear the shirts, especially here in the Florida sun. Anytime we do any outdoor activity, you know, if it's going to Universal with the family, it could be literally just hanging out with a bunch of friends, like at one of my daughter's uh, fly football games to a soccer game. Anytime I'm in the sun, I always have it on because I know I don't have to worry about that sun beating down on me and causing a whole bunch of different side effects from the different medications that I take that are extremely sun sensitive. So when you get, you find something that allows you to live the life that you've always wanted to live. I've always treated like it's my baby. I'm so proud of it. I'm so bought in on it that I've gone a hundred percent, always did everything I could to promote them. You know, when Kent brought me on board, I was literally Gil's very first pro staffer. Then three months later, our good friend, Mike Goodwine was came on board right after and being a part of it as the company's evolved and grown, you know, three years ago. Now there came a position where, you know, I was looking at, you know, being sponsored by pure fishing, um, being sponsored by PowerPole, being sponsored by a couple others, everyone had a specific different program for the pro staff where at Gills, it, it was never a specific defined what the pro staff needs to do, <clears throat> how to do it, you know, the collection part of it and keeping it organized. So I presented to Jim, the CEO, saying, hey, you know, I have all these other pro staff programs that I'm a part of. I'd love to be able to basically run our pro staff, get a little bit more organized, get a little bit more content, being able to truly utilize our pro staff to the absolute max ability because we're missing the boat on it all, especially when it comes to e-com and social media-wise as those things were growing. So when I did my presentation to Jim and you know said the specifics that I was wanting to do and how to do it, he was bought in. The only issue was is the first year that I was a pro staff manager, he wanted 150 pro staff. I looked at him like it was crazy, but I did it, and it was literally like trying to herd cats. It was insane. So the following year and the years going forward, I've literally cut it down to more than half where, you know, I have my true pro staff, where I consider pro staff are true professionals of the fishing industry. It's the professional fishing tournament, guys. It is the captains. It's the first mates that go out there and they do it for a living. Where you see some other companies where, you know, nothing against these guys, where you have a guy that fishes on the weekend, he produces great content on social media, and he's considered an influencer. I don't consider them true pro staff. I can see them as ambassadors, but not a true qualified pro staff. So, when I built my new pro staff together, one, they're going to be professionals. Two, I wanted the most diverse pro staff out there in any fishing industry company out there. I don't care what shape, what size, what color, what religion you are. 
if you are a professional angler, I want you on my team because that gives me the ability to not have a specific target audience, but I'm able to be seen by everyone, no matter what your genre is, no matter what size you are, no matter what color, race, religion, everyone has different followings. And I want to be able to truly, because let's think about it, in every country in the world, everyone fishes. Everyone. Fishing is the largest sport, especially in the United States alone. So being able to not necessarily have a target market, but to be able to market to everyone in every type of fishing has truly been the one thing that we've, we've been able to gain as extremely beneficial. Because in the past three years, we've gone from, you know, a, a medium, medium, small company to now we're really, really growing where being able to have that diversity has helped us put us into a lot of major retailers. So obviously, so that was one of the things. I'm sorry, I was off with, on a but like train track saying, in my brain here. Go ahead. But, you know, with the developing that portion of it and then taking over social media, you know, October, Jim came to me and said, hey, you know, we've gotten to the point where I need someone that's in charge of marketing. And he asked me, he goes, would you leave banking and come work for Gills LLC? And being in the position that Jen and I have been able to be in and Jim and I having the conversation, I was like, yeah, it, I've been in, I was in banking for 15 years. It's time for a change. Now I'm able to say that I truly love my job because it feels like I'm, one, I'm taking care of my baby. Two, I'm in an industry that I'm extremely still passionate about. And then the best part is I get to promote a product to people that don't realize that a shirt, a mask, a glove can actually help those that feel like they can't fish because of certain disabilities because of their medication can literally get out there and go fishing. Maybe just for a couple hours or maybe from sunup to sundown, we give them that ability. So I've taken it now. I love, I love my job. Some people know I don't have any marketing experience, but once in a while I'll pull a great idea out of my backside and we'll be able to run with it. But with my partners that I have, in the industry is truly helped me where now, you know, our company's blown up because a couple of the crazy ideas I've come up with. Yeah, no so doubt. That was truly, uh, yeah, to help me get that transfer. So how, I've how, loved it. How does, how does, it. how does real life end up evolving into this situation? Cause obviously Gills is, is a great company and doing well, but I know real life is part of this brand so to speak as well kind of a, a, a brother sister company depending on how you want to look at it how does real life evolve into this situation was that a company that already started and then somebody purchased it or was it a, a you know a, a brand that launched off of gills well two brothers that you know in college you know they were going to florida state they they developed real life and when our new CEO came on board and we joined a, the, uh, our e-com marketing company that was managing everything, they're the ones that presented real life to us because, you know, real life was a brand that was growing. But at the same time, just like most companies, they couldn't get the capital to truly expand. Well, we were able to come in. Um, 
didn't do a complete buyout where we bought into the company where we took over uh, majority ownership. And we've taken real life to not just a fishing brand, but is truly a lifestyle brand. So it's just another avenue of gills that we came up with the concept of this. You take a look at certain outdoor apparel brands, and they try to sit there and target everyone in all these different hobbies, you know, lifestyles, where it's almost where the brand logo and a brand name almost gets wore out. You know what I mean? There's too much saturation of that brand and all these different. So, you know, you could take a look at a couple of different companies and go, all right, so this brand it so are they a fishing brand or you know are they a lifestyle brand are they this so we've literally come up with different brands for different activities so that way we don't dilute the actual name of each brand so with real life it was literally how we have a lifestyle brand that is our outdoor lifestyle i don't care if you're if you fish if you surf you play volleyball or if you just go to the beach or we just want to go out on the, on the boat and do a booze cruise, that's our real life. That is the whole model and our target audience is people that just enjoy the outdoors at the same time. Our shirts have the SPF of 50, block out 98% of the UV rays, so it's something that you're able to be comfortable in and still protect yourself while you're outside enjoying your lifestyle. Looking good. Now, the yep, bad the bad. Yeah, the bad news is, you know, for years and years, I've said nothing good has ever come out of Florida State. But now I guess I have to say that, you know, real life came out of Florida State. So I guess I got to take that back, huh? Yeah, it's one of those where I sit there and and, and, SEC guy. I'm like, what are you going to do? What can you do? I got nieces that graduated from Florida State. So that one will that one will get me in trouble probably. But uh, that's good stuff. What's on the horizon for? gills as a brand as a company what direction is is gills headed and so gill gills technical fishing apparel you know we're headed into typically where we've been known for saltwater fishing well we're really taking a a bigger stance in saltwater not just offshore inshore especially with the kayakers even the wade fishermen but our true big growth opportunity that we've seen is in the the bass fishing freshwater side where you know your bass fishermen or even you know better than anyone you know walleye or people in the midwest they don't like all the flashy colors and all the specific crazy designs where they love like the neutral colors your blacks your oranges your reds um even you know part your your i don't want to say brown but your khaki colors sometimes gray that's what we've kind of evolved to where, you know, especially for our spring 22 line, we're going to have that. Yes. The salt water where people love to wear some of those crazy colors and crazy designs to on more of the, especially inshore, even freshwater side where we have those neutral colors where it's a solid color that still has the, the breathability factor still has the SBF factor and it still gives you that cool look because of the different logos that, we were able to present on the product to help it truly grow. Again, fishing is the largest sport in the United States. If you combine football, basketball, and baseball and put them together, still 
more money is spent and more people participate in fishing than any other sport in the United States. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. It's been my mantra. Number one participation sport in the country. More people fish than play golf and tennis combined. So this is the crazy part. 80% of licensed anglers are freshwater anglers. Only 20% are saltwater anglers. Across the whole country? Across the whole country. Now, this is even the craziest part. Even though it's only 20% of the anglers are saltwater, more money is spent in saltwater than freshwater. Hmm. One, it could be the size of the boat. Two, it's the the price tag on the equipment. But... It's been found out in a proven fact that more money spent in saltwater fishing than fresh. I wonder why that is. At the same time, it's... Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. It's pretty interesting. That's an interesting stat. I think they literally, they add in the fact of the cost of the boats. At the end of the day, I mean, you take a, a 26, you know, contender that you have, and you put that price tag against like a 22 Skeeter bass boat, look at the price difference. Yeah. And I think they take it to the account of the cost of the boats and everything. You know, I mean, how now you got kayaks there, like pushing between five and $8,000, where you look at a kayak for a bass guy, maybe at the most be three grand. Hmm. So it well, is one of those unbelievable statistics well the, the good news is is that you know saltwater fishing freshwater fishing it's all fun uh, we love it all at least i do and uh i think gills is doing a, a great job i think you're doing a, a really good job as well my friend i appreciate you spending uh, a little time with us today and uh giving us a little insight into uh into gills and into uh tiger hoffman outdoors i wish you a lot of luck obviously uh you know, as you move into the uh, tournament scene this fall, I know you got some big events coming up. Where's your, where's the one you're most uh, excited to go to here in the next couple of months? Well, you know, the Power Pole Go Live um, event that, you know, Gil sponsors as well, but, you know, our title sponsor being Power Pole, we actually did a Go Live where you could fish anywhere in a specific region. And, you know, when you hook up, you have to go live on Facebook and, the, the kicker to it is is that that redfish cannot be over eight pounds. If that redfish is eight pounds, one ounce, that fish doesn't count. So what we can't did is <clears throat> from the spring, the spring season, anyone that finished in the top five in each one of the go lives in whichever region, we're having an all-star event where, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be everyone across between, you know, Louisiana, the Florida, and the different regions of Florida where you have, you know, the Panhandle region, you have um, the West Coast region, you have the East Coast region, and then even into the Carolinas, top five finishers, we're going to fish one tournament. It's going to be the all-star Power Pole Redfish uh, Go Live event, and I was blessed enough to finish in the top five in two of them, but I'm picking Louisiana to fish in just because there's plenty of of eight-plus. Over there. Is it going to be in so Delacroix? Is it in Delacroix? Where is it at? Uh, no. Uh, so I'm actually probably going to be fishing Homa. Okay. I got the you. The Homa. 
Um, my partner over there in Louisiana, um, Michael Sarton, phenomenal anglers, done always really, really well over there. And I was just blessed enough to be able to partner up with him. And um, we're going to fish it over there. And it's October 16th. So it's going to be able to be watched on, on Facebook through the PowerPole Redfish Series uh, page. But that's the one I'm most excited about. Well, good, good luck to you, my friend. And again, you know, we've been friends a long time. I, I really have appreciate your friendship i uh I, I wish you all the luck in the world i know gills is going places i'm super happy to be a pro staffer there at uh at gills gear for sure um and uh and wish you all the luck on the tournament trail moving forward my brother thanks for the time today i appreciate you thank you mike appreciate you bud Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Tiger Hoffman is uh, has been a great fun friend of mine in the industry. Uh, Gills has been a, a great partner of mine now for several years, and I'm really looking forward to all that is coming from that great company. Make sure you go to gills-gear.com to check out, again, all the great things coming at you from Gills. And I promise you, uh, I've been to Jacksonville to the headquarters. They got a lot of really super cool stuff coming. And I enjoyed my conversation there with Tiger. Remember, the Real Animals podcast is always presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. If you're looking for a -a once-in-a-lifetime custom-built boat, nobody does it better than Contender Boats. The Real Animals podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, ritampabay.com, and Spotify. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We try to drop our new episodes on Tuesday. I know it's been a while since I've done one here, but uh, we're going to ramp things back up and get some more coming your way. Remember to follow us on our social media outlets if you get a chance. Uh, Real Animals Fishing Show on Facebook, on Instagram, we're uh, at Real Animals TV, uh, and on Twitter, at Real Animals fish. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in.